Welcome to Star Wars Age of Rebellion. This is an RPG Storytime presentation of a campaign played over several years utilizing all three Star Wars role-playing books by Fantasy Flight Games. This is a grand campaign where everything you hear was decided by players in an epic-scale role-playing and strategy game, then turned into this production that tells the story one chapter at a time with occasional explanations of game mechanics. The episodes are shorter than most gaming podcasts because each session is summarized in the form of a story much like an audiobook. It begins with a small band of agents played by a few role players. As the rebel cell grows, more players are brought in to take on the roles of other operatives heading out on other missions and taking part in various battles. Every choice affects the direction of the story, both for the characters on the mission and for the overall story arc. And the ultimate fate of the Juvex and Senex sectors is up to them. The revolution has begun on the world of Diol. Ex-slaves are rising up against their former masters, and the rebels with them have decided to stand by their side. It was difficult to see the dark, cold, lifeless world floating in the middle of space with no light or warmth from a star. So both Roach and the Freebird, and Doubly and the Y-Wing, had to rely on their instruments, which were telling them where the planet was. Yalto was in the cockpit with Roach trying to call to the Juvex Rebel base. He was getting no response, and it was making him worried. Elor and Master Dentra leaned in the doorway, looking out the front. Do you see it? Roach asked. They can probably sense it. Yalto said. Yes, of course. Master Dentra said. Elor said that she could see it, though the dark planet was nearly impossible to see against the black background. To her, every detail of it stood out and gave her shivers. This planet was the very heart of evil, the place she had come for vengeance. Are you picking up any readings from the surface, Pilot Guy Doubly? Roach asked. Not yet, Samite. Doubly said. I'll... Doubly was interrupted by his droid R3G1. Reggie said it's detecting a man-made structure. It's sending you the coordinates now. Roach focused his scan on the coordinates Doubly sent. There he spotted a lone tower. It had a power generator that was pumping just enough power into the building to provide a minimal amount of life support to every floor. Both pilots scanned around the building, finding a ten-foot-tall wall in a circle around the building that was a kilometer in diameter. Four buildings were at equidistant ends. The rest of the planet was just a dead rock. Someone really wanted to get away from it all, Roach said. See if you can land us about halfway between the front entrance and the wall, Yalto said. Will do, Captain Yali. Roach said, and he told Doubly as well. Coming in for a landing, they found that the area between the wall and the building was all smoothed out, likely their landing pad. Yalto wanted them to land a little distance from the front in case there was a trap. As they came in for the landing, they took stock of their spacesuits. Yalto had upgraded his armor before they had left Diol. It now could seal into a spacesuit, and it had a jetpack. On board, there were two other spacesuits. Roach offered to stay behind since the suits might be a bit big for him anyway, but Dentra begged off. I really think I should watch the ship, he said. Elor tried to build up his confidence, force-wielder to force-wielder. I'm sensing something terrible as well, but I think we need to face it. It's overwhelming me, Dentra said. Besides, you'll need an engineer in case there's damage to the life support. Roach shrugged, realizing he had a point. So he suited up, as did Aelor. But she watched Dentra, concerned. There was something deeper that he was hiding, but she didn't know what. She wished she had Valina's ability to read people at that moment. They climbed out of their ships and started toward the front. 
They moved cautiously, everyone on the lookout for something on the tower that might jump out at them. None of them suspected that anything would instead jump out of them from the outer buildings, and none of them noticed at first. With no sound coming through their spacesuits, they did not hear the doors open, nor the probe droids which emerged and began flying toward them. They might not have noticed them at all if Reggie didn't blast an alarm into their ears. They turned and saw them. Run! Yalto shouted, and Roach and Elor hurried toward the door. Yalto covered them with his heavy repeating blaster, and Dubly stood by him, waiting a little longer for the probe droid on his end to get closer so he could shoot it with his blaster pistol. Roach got to the door and ran his flashlight over it to look at the controls. They had been locked, but with a pretty easy way to break it. He just had difficulty with his thick space gloves. Still moving half-pace toward the door, Dubly and Yalto were each facing a different probe droid, which were firing at them. Dubly remained low, but Yalto was a large target and got hit twice. His armor was thick enough to protect him, but one of the shots did penetrate enough that he was losing oxygen. He returned fire and the probe droid exploded. Dubly damaged his as well, slowing it down enough for him to make their way to the door. Roach was still working on it, but Elor was helping. She cut into the control box with her lightsaber while Roach guided it. Dubly and Yalto switched places. Around the corner, another probe droid was coming. How many are there? Dubly asked as he opened fire on the new droid. Yalto didn't answer his question, instead urging Roach to hurry up with the door before his suit leaked all the air. Roach continued to concentrate. It was hard without any sun or moonlight. The lightsaber offered a fair amount, and the blaster shots that came from the probe droids provided moments of illumination, but also moments of terror. Yalto blasted away the probe droid with his repeater, and Dubly managed to get a solid hit on the other one, causing it to crash to the ground. Just then, the saber cut what Roach needed, and he pressed a button that caused the door to open. They ran in, hoping there was nothing waiting for them inside. There wasn't. Computer consoles came to life on each side, something that caught Roach's attention right away. He and Reggie looked over them while the others scanned the rest of the room. Yalto watched the hallway beyond. Roach found the console that controlled the airlock, but everything else seemed off. Reggie tried plugging into the console, but his access bar didn't fit. I know. I have trouble with size too, buddy. Roach teased, and the two of them figured out that the majority of equipment in this room was fake. Aylor tried to sense whether this was an illusion. She could not sense any such trickery within the Force, but her danger sense as a former commando kicked in as she heard machinery whirring from above. She told everyone to take cover just as a door to the hallway slammed shut and small squares opened up in the ceiling, releasing blasters that lowered down on jib arms. Everyone dove to whatever cover they could find around the solid metal storage bins in the middle. The blasters covered every angle and followed them no matter where they were, but they were slow and poorly programmed, so it was possible to avoid them. For a time. Yalto, being cumbersome and large, took a couple hits, but they did not penetrate his armor, so he covered Roach and Dubly. Aylor was more agile, and was doing a better job of dodging as she also used her lightsaber to cut through the door. Curiously, none of the blasters were aiming at Reggie, so it moved on to the next door and plugged in. The door responded immediately to the droid, and the blasters retracted and the door opened. Aylor looked down at the droid, who looked up at her for approval, and she said, I loosened it for you. Beyond, the hallway lit up a deep red. Aylor strode inside. At the end of the hall was a door. It was like any other, but she felt a presence from within, something that made her tighten her grip with tension. But there was something else that was again nagging at her danger senses. She turned off her lightsaber and listened at the opening. Everyone else stopped behind her. Inside, she heard the sounds of probe droids, an odd place for them to be located, to be sure. Aylor peeked her head around the side. 
Dudley peeked around just under her. Roach peeked out just under him. Inside, there were three small floating droids. Dudley knew them. Probe droids of deceit, he whispered. Aylor didn't want to waste any time. She ran in, turning on her lightsaber, and pounced at one of them, slicing it out of the air. The other two pointed at her, and Dudley jumped around the corner, taking down another one of them. The third didn't know what to do, and shot in between them. Yalto decided for it, finishing it off with a hail of blaster fire. The room seemed to be the holding facility. The pit had rows of casings to hold round droids of this size, but they were all gone. Roach investigated the room to make sure there were no more mechanical traps. Yalto went to the doorway directly across the room. He pressed a button to open the door and readied his weapon. The room was blank with some computer consoles. Reggie rushed in excitedly. Aylor went back to the hallway and stood before the door. She could feel something inside of it. Something calling to her. You find something sundown? Dubley asked. Aylor pressed the button to open the door before she or Dubley could talk her out of going in. The door slid up, revealing a small room beyond. Dubley could only see a red glow shining around her, almost like a halo. Aylor was staring at a clear, cylindrical case. Inside of it was a glowing light whip, curled up like a snake. She approached it cautiously. Dubley stayed behind to be there in case another trap was sprung. None was needed. This was a weapon of Rixar's cult. A device of evil and hate. One had to allow anger into their heart just to use it. Elor had not learned that. She simply understood that now. She looked at it wide-eyed. She opened the casing. Dubley told her to be careful. He didn't like the look on her face. Or her entire stance. She reached in and took the hilt. A feeling surged through her. One of pure power. I don't think that weapon is meant for you to use, Dubley said. Aylor turned it off and slung it into her belt. I'm taking it for safekeeping, she said, and she walked past Dubley. He watched her with concern. The others were now in the following room. Roach and Reggie were going through the computer terminals, learning what they could about the building. The terminals were waist high, so both of them disappeared behind them while they worked. Roach told the others that the building had been abandoned no more than a week ago. Where to, he could not tell. But there was something important on the 20th floor. They might be able to access some information there. That's where the only life sign was detected, Dubley said. All right, let's go, Yalto said, and they headed to the elevator. They exited into a hallway that went left and right. They sent Reggie to the left. If there was a trap like the one on the first floor, it wouldn't go off on the droid. Be careful, little buddy, Roach called to it. (coughs) Reggie moved cautiously into the room, stopping at the door and peeking in before continuing forward. There were several computer terminals, but looking closely, they again had the small, fake ports. Reggie found one in a nook that was working, and it plugged in. It found that indeed there was a trap, so Reggie disabled it and called the others to come inside. Roach patted Reggie on the head, telling it that it had done a good job, and they continued on to the next room, opening the door with the alto covering, then having Reggie check for traps. The room was clear, and they went inside. This chamber had a working computer terminal, but it was mostly covered with storage bins and closet space. The team began going through all of them. They found clothing, jewelry, personal items, a large assortment of styles and many for different species. None of them were Imperial uniforms, nor the black leather that Rixar's minions wore. Prisoners, Dubley concluded. That was what Aylor had feared it was. 
but hadn't wanted to admit. She strode to the next door, lighting her saber and opening it. Two more Sith droids floated just beyond. Elor started toward them, but Yalto fired first, blasting both of them out of the air. Elor turned on Yalto, unfulfilled anger written in her eyes. She stormed into the next room and took out her frustration on a gonk droid that was carrying someone's clothes and valuables. Behind her, Roach ran up and started collecting the droid parts. I could build a friend for you out of these, little buddy, he said to Reggie, who was following Elor. It knew she would probably need help, wherever she was going. Yalto was chasing after, telling Elor to wait. But she was through waiting. She had a sense of what was ahead, and she was going to confront it. She arrived at a door to the center of the tower. Yalto was still calling for her to wait, but she was ignoring him. Reggie pulled up next to her and looked at her as if asking if she was sure she wanted to see what was past the door. She nodded. Reggie plugged in, and the door opened. The metal floor continued forward another ten feet, then disappeared into darkness from which only a rank smell emerged. Elor stepped forward and lit her lightsaber. The room was illuminated in its viridian glow. Below her, a large pile of shriveled bodies filled the chamber in a mountainous heap. She knew who they were. All the force-wielders whom Rixar had imprisoned. All dead. Humans, Sullistans, Ethorians, Wookies, adults, children, all manner of life forms tossed away like discarded garbage. A raging hatred boiled up inside her. Her hand gripped her saber with so much might it felt like she would break it. Her body shook with so much ferocity it seemed as though it would break apart. Then, somewhere to put those feelings. Every door on the floor opened up. Droids of all types emerged and closed in on the team. Uh, Yali. We got problems. We got big metal problems. Roach warned as the droid entered his area and doubly fired at them. We got him too, kid. Yalto responded, opening up on the droids entering his room. Despite the rebels' firepower, the droids were too numerous and were causing them to pull back. Aylor turned, and embracing her hatred, leaped at the droids, mercilessly cutting through them one by one, sometimes in pairs, sometimes in threes, sending pieces of them flying every direction. There would be no scraps for Roach's pet project. Roach was having to abandon his other parts as well as he and Dubly pulled back to Yalto. Roach tossed a grenade into the pursuing droids, blasting away their front line. That bought them some time while reinforcements marched up behind. Dubly heard Reggie squawking down the hall. He went toward it, asking what was going on. Someone alive? Down there? Dubly hesitated a moment. This might take time and was a gruesome task, but it needed to be done. He dove into the pile of bodies. Aylor's momentum was gone, and a wall of droids was approaching them. Yalto was blasting them with the Z6 heavy weapon, but only half were penetrating, and there were more coming. Roach was covering them from behind, but he was quickly running out of grenades, so he backed up. Yalto moved over to join him, and when he got there, he was faced with a frightening sight. A KX security droid! Yalto might be able to pound through the armor of the B2 battle droids, but he had nothing which could challenge that monstrosity. As if to provide him with confirmation, the KX droid stepped up ahead of the others, right where Yalto's flurry of shots spat into its chest like rain against a tin roof. The hit slowed the beast down, but did not destroy it. Dubly was waiting through the shriveled bodies. He looked up at Reggie, who motioned toward where he should go. Dubly looked and spotted a hand, barely moving. He reached out and grabbed it, but then, what to do? He could not get a foothold to even pull up the person, let alone climb up to the floor a few feet above his head. 
Elor, meanwhile, was now on her own, but fueled by her momentum, she didn't need help. She cut through one droid, then ducked under the electro rod of another, stepping aside and into the face of their leader, who was wielding a light whip. The droid was not intimidated by her, and its whip spun dizzyingly close to itself, keeping her from landing a blow. Aylor stalled a moment, studying what it was doing out of fascination, a desire to learn how to use the weapon, and to figure out how to get through it. As she did, the droid she had dodged attacked her flank, jabbing her side. She crumpled to the ground. All three droids rose up their weapons, prepared to kill her. Doubly was beginning to sink among the bodies. He shouted, Reggie, I need your help. Reggie dropped down a wire. Doubly grabbed it, keeping hold of the person he was rescuing. They were taken up to safety while the others covered them. Just as the droids were bringing their weapons down on Aylor in a coup de grace, a flurry of shots blasted from down the hall. Taking down the droid to Elor's side and distracting the next one, she lifted her lightsaber in time to block the light whip, though the whip wrapped around her plasma blade. She stood and yanked, bringing the droid's face to hers. She had no defense now, and the droid at her side swung at her. Another burst of energy bolts hit the droid and ripped it apart, its pieces falling on its comrade. Doubly was now with Yalto, along with the survivor he had saved. Roach still had the back, throwing the last grenade he had brought. It blew away two of the battle droids and damaged the third, but the KX droid Neri had a scratch, and it fired at him, blowing away the part of the wall he was using for cover. Aylor could hear what was happening behind her. She knew they needed to go. The skeletal face of the droid moved toward her, as though mocking. Aylor pulled as hard as she could on the lightsaber. Its robotic grip was unbeatable, but she wasn't trying to outpull it. She let go quite suddenly, and the whip pulled the saber back at it. The saber snapped into the droid's shoulder. Aylor then grabbed the hilt again and pulled it down across the droid's chest. It fell to pieces. Aylor grabbed both the saber and the whip as everyone ran to her. The KX droid was right on their heels with more battle droids on their way. Ahead of the crowd of rebels, two maintenance droids strolled toward them. Seeing what was coming, they turned right around and hurried away. The rebels maneuvered into the elevator. Yalto had a Z6 ready when the lift door opened. But it was silent. No more droids. Nothing tried to stop them from leaving. They nevertheless hurried to the front where they quickly put on their space suits and exited the tower. Yalta watched the buildings for more probe droids while they closed the distance to their ships as fast as they could. They could not leave that planet fast enough. Master Dentra tried to greet Aylor and ask her what it was like inside. But she just glared at him with a resentful stare and silently went to her seat where she strapped herself in. She wasn't satisfied. She wanted more. The robots simply weren't enough vengeance for the horrors they had witnessed. The force wielder they had rescued was strapped in across from her. Emaciated, shriveled, looking three times her age. Aylor would make Rixar pay for this. As they took off away from the tower, Doubly circled back. Yalto asked what he was doing. I cannot leave such a place of evil intact. I will be with you in a moment. Doubly fired a proton torpedo into the tower. It exploded a quarter of the way up the building. Everything above the explosion shook, then tilted and toppled to the ground, crashing into thousands of pieces. Now we can go, Doubly said. They turned their backs on the rogue world, leaving it behind to obscurity and loneliness, to the cold emptiness of space. This has been an RPG Storytime presentation of Age of Rebellion. Join us next week to hear what happens next. If you'd like to see a visualization of this episode, check out our YouTube channel. The link is in the description. If you'd like to see other things written by the author of this show, you can also find that in the description. 
Happy gaming, everybody.